0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. All right, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And again, like I said, we are continuing on our marriage counseling teaching. During the family life class, and we dealt with the unmarried and the premarital class. Now we're getting into the marriage counseling. Again, it's really a totally different set of audience for folks that are married versus folks that were unmarried. So now we're dealing with the married folks, which I like. It's always good to deal with the married folks. You know, because the married folks love to talk about them folks that's, you know, single and unmarried. But now we're talking to you, right, married people. And and my part of the teaching is going to deal with financial responsibility. In marriage, Again, financial responsibility in marriage. And so this is one area when, when marriages become real for most couples. right? Most couples, I'm talking married couples. When we're dealing with the finances. You know, how you handle your finances. You know, the questions about around what to buy. Right? When to buy. How much to buy. Whether we should use credit cards. Where we should use cash, where we should finance it, you know, even we let's talk about layaway, you know, this is when it gets real when it comes to marriage, because everybody has a view about how they're going to spend money, and they spent their money accordingly before they got married. But now they're married, and now all of a sudden, they have somebody else they have to contend with when it comes to their spending habits. their financial responsibilities. And so this is where in, in marriage, most arguments. Disagreements, bitterness, and rivalry show up when it comes to finances. And so that's why it's very good for us to teach on this and to get an understanding about this uh, when it comes to finances and financial responsibility in marriage. So my objective is to discuss biblical principles around financial responsibility in marriage. Again, biblical principles that we're going to look at. Okay, because I'm, I'm going to tell you like this. If you... And we'll say it again. The audience for this teaching, and, and I heard Ms. Martin mention this too, it's all about the believers, right? We're talking about two believers that are in marriage. Now, if you marry somebody who's not a believer, then that's a whole other message for you. All right? But we're talking about two believers that are in part in the marriage covenant. You know, one husband, one wife, and holy matrimony, right? That, that's what we're talking to. Those that are born again. So this principle you need to take in place have in place when it comes to finances. Alright, so 1 Corinthians chapter 7 starting in verse 32. 1 Corinthians 7 and 32 it says, But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord. How he may please the Lord. But he that is married, care for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. So we see that that's very clear what Paul is saying, right? That he that is married, you have a different care. In addition to your care for the things of God, but you've got to care for the things of this world, how you may please your wife. Again, he's talking about married. So it says about it's talking about the world, I have to care for the world. No, it's talking about the care for the world when it comes to marriage. There's, there is a worldly responsibility you have to have when it comes to marriage. There's natural, worldly means natural things you need to be concerned about and consideration about when it comes to marriage. Right? For those that are married, a husband. And then verse 34 says, there is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cared for the things of the Lord. That she may be holy, both in body and in spirit. But she that is married, care for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. So here it is, I like how the, the equality is here in this relationship, right? It's both the husband and the wife responsibility to care for one another. Not themselves, but to the care for one another. And this word, it says care. And we've learned some things here in this teaching, in, in, in this ministry around the T-H on the end of a, of, a, of a verb. That means a continual action. So when it says care, that means you have to continually care for that for your spouse. That means husbands. I got to continually care for my wife. Wives, you have to continually care for your husbands. Right? That's what you signed up for. It's a continual process. You need to care. Right? You know, that's the thing about marriage. You know, marriage is work. But if you don't care to do the work, it shows in your in your labor. But it's work. But you got to care. And it's a continued care. You know, you know what a continued care is? That means a care when I don't feel like it. A care when I, when I start questioning decisions that I made. A care when, again, financially my, my husband or my wife is telling me about my spending habits. Remember these scriptures. i got to care. And my care is to please the other person. So in marriage, he... The husband careth, continue care, for how he may please his wife. Wow, that, that's amazing. Every time I read this, it's so amazing. A husband, your care... It did not say you care for your job. It doesn't say you care for your children. Again, We know these things, right? But it says you care for your wife. How you may please your wife. So that means a husband... Please his wife. What that means is a husband, you are responsible for caring for your wife. Husband, that is your responsibility. You are responsible for caring for your wife. Get this, husbands. Once you marry that woman, it's not her parents' responsibility to care for her no more. It's yours. She is your wife. It's your responsibility to care for her. How you may please her. And again, you're pleasing her. Guess if you're not pleasing when you're pleasing her? Yourself. And we can take that a whole lot of places. But your care is to please your wife. So here's a good question. Again, I hope you husband and wives are watching these live streams. And ask your wife, husband, <laughs> have I pleased you? Right? You may want to wait till after the message. But ask your wife, have I pleased you? Let me ask you, have I continually pleased you? that is your responsibility. It's right here from the scripture. Again, we're using biblical knowledge, principles to teach these things, right? My care is to please my wife. And then now, for the wife, again, it says her care is to please her husband. That means the wife has a responsibility of caring for her husband. How she may please her husband, not herself. You know, that's what makes marriage such, to me, perfect harmony. It is a perfect unit. You know, God, you know, God knows what he's doing. I know we think we, we know, but God knows what he's doing. God set up in the marriage that when you said I do in the marriage, now all of a sudden you said I do to care for the other person. That person now is the person you care for. And the other person, when they said I do, they take a care to care for for the other person. So now if I'm focusing as me as a husband, I'm focused on caring for my wife, and my wife is now focusing on caring for me, guess what? Everybody has care. Nobody should be left out. But you know how it is in, in a marriage. We all think about what about me? I have needs. I need to be careful. If you need to be careful, you need to be careful by your wife. Well, I thank God my, mama, my mother cares for me. That's nice your mother cares for you, but you're not married to your mama. Your mama got her own husband to care for. Your wife should be caring for you. See, brothers, don't make that mistake. brother. stop comparing your wife to your mama. Right? What I mean by I'm talking literally, a wife is not your mother. I'm talking about just the terms. There's obviously natural distinction between your mother and your wife, but in, in, in the form of the terms, the formal language, right? Your wife is not your mother. So how your wife cares for you is different than how your mother cares for you, because that's what brothers like. Well, you don't treat me like your mama. That's right. Because I'm not your mother. She's your wife. Different care there. See, mama put up with that mess. Your wife, she ain't putting up with it. So that means, again, you have to, as a wife, you have to focus your responsibility on caring for your husband, how you may please him. And again, it's not yourself. And and again, husbands, your focus, responsibility is how to please your wife. Not yourself. So let's look at this. How does a wife please her husband? Look at Proverbs chapter 31, because Proverbs chapter 31, everybody loves to speak around Mother's Day. You know, the virtuous woman. But let's look at this in this context of financial responsibilities and pleasing your wife. I mean, pleasing of your husband. Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31. Start in verse number 10. Again, how does a wife please her husband? Proverbs 31 verse 10 says, Who can find a virtuous woman? That virtuous woman means a wife of valor. That's a valuable wife. Who can find that? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. I tell you, a husband that has no need of spoil... His wife is showing that she can please him. He has no need. But here it is, verse 12. She, the wife, will do him, the husband, good and not evil all the days of her life. I'll say it again. She, the wife, will do him, the husband, good and not evil all the days of her life. That means, wives, you have a responsibility to do your husband good. That's how you please him. Do him good. All the days of your life. I tell you, that's why, you know, going back to premarital class, well, you better be careful who you sign up for to call your, your husband. Because once you said, I do, now you're responsible to do him good. All the days of your life. All the days. I love it. All the days of your life. That's your responsibility now. To do him good. And not evil. Now now back to you wives. Ask your husband. Have I done you good all the days of my life? And not evil? Have I done you good? Do you have no need of spoil? And I know brothers you're scared to answer that truthfully. I understand. Because you know there's there's times in your your marriage. You're like no you, you ain't been good all the time. Right? And then here we go. We say, well, you know, the Bible says there is none good, no, not one. No, we're not, we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about marriage. Don't try to get religious then. Oh, no, there's none good. No, not one. No, we're talking about in a marriage, you want to do him good all the days of your life. That's how you show that you please your husband. Do him good. Right? and I tell you, and then, then why I so, said, well, I don't know what it means to, to do them good. I mean, I I don't know what. It, let me see. Well, let me help you out. It says, do them good and not evil. So let's start with not being evil. I'm sure you know what not evil is. Maybe maybe you're not doing the good things, but you definitely know what the evil things are because you do the evil things on purpose. You know, those getting back at them, saying things to them, doing things intentionally. That's the evil. Again, going back to what I said before, when it comes to finances, these are the most time you have the arguments, the disagreements, the bitterness, the rivalry shows up in finances. Who's in charge? They say that's evil. I'ma show him. That's, that's, when, once you put, I'ma show him wherever follows that, it's called evil. You're not the boss of me. You ain't my daddy. That's now evil. That's not good anymore. So start, to start start with stop doing the evil. And then maybe you'll luck up and find the good. But that's the responsibility. Turn to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs 14. Because I tell you, a, a wife is so precious. It is precious to have a virtuous wife that does her husband good. All the days of his life. It's nothing like it. It's nothing to have trust to be safety in your own home. I feel sorry for brothers that, that's not safe in their own home. You know, you're living with a terrorist, a terrorist in your house. She's terrorizing you. And especially now during a pandemic because you have nowhere to run. You can't even go to work and get away from her. And she ain't even going to work. Right? You're right there in the same house. You know, I know you have your wing of the house and she has her wing of the house, but eventually you're still in the same house. And she's terrorizing you. It's nothing like that. I feel for you, brothers. All right? But again, you go back to the pre You know, you're in it now. Just go back and remember how, how beautiful, how fine she was back then. Just keep your eyes on the prize. Remember, you got the prize. Now you got to put in the work. That's called marriage. Marriage is work. Put in the work every single day. You got to wake up and say, I'm putting in the work. Because it's good. Proverbs chapter 14. Now we're going to read this scripture. This to help you talk about what the evil is. and When it comes to how you're not pleasing your husband. Proverbs 14 verse 1. It says, Every wise woman buildeth, <coughs> buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. Now that's amazing. A foolish woman will pluck down her own house with her hands. You're putting your hands to things in the house that is bringing it down. Not building it up. You're bringing it down. And, and usually when you're doing those things, you're bringing it down for, because of your own selfish desires. Your own selfish ambitions. It's things that you, you know, you say different things are not going your way that you wanted to go. So now you're gonna tear it up. We're just gonna blow this thing up then. If I can't have it my way, nobody's gonna be happy. No, that's a foolish woman. That tears down or plucks uh, or pulls down their house with their own hands. Again, you ain't, ain't like somebody else came into your home and tore it up. You tear it down with your own hands. See, you're not pleasing your husband. You're not pleased to be with your husband. You're not pleased. You're not pleasing your husband. You're not doing him good by tearing down the house with your own hands. See again, there's harm, harmony in marriage. There's care for each other, and if you're pulling down your house with your own hands, there is—that's not caring. Remember, it's continuous care. I care for my husband. You have to care for your, your wife. Don't pull her down with your own hands. Do them good and not evil all the days of your life. All right, so now let's look at this in First Peter chapter three. Again, I mentioned this harmony we should have in marriage. This unity we should have in marriage. The care you should have for one another. To please each other. First Peter chapter 3. And I, I like how the, you know, I love how the scriptures use certain words. You know, like please. I, I like that. Your responsibility is to please your husband. It not like you're begging him, right? But you, your responsibility is to please him. You know, it's amazing. That's a so simple word, but are you pleased with me? And the same thing with, the, with the, uh, the husband with his wife. Is the wife pleased with her husband? The husband needs to please his wife. You know, pleases are so pleasant. You know, there's no, well, no angst to it. You know, there's no other kind of uh, mold, other, other, other agenda that's going on. I'm just here to please my wife. You know, pleasing is simple. I'm pleasing her. And again, this is all areas. We know we're going to delve into the financial side of it, responsibility, but it's in all areas just to be pleasing to your wife. Again, I talk about the wife being a terror. You know, there's, there's obviously the, the flip side of that, too. You know, we've got husbands that are terror too, in their own homes. You know, they had peace when you was at, going to work, but now during the pandemic, you're there, too. You know, they, every, you know, you fussing about everything that goes on in the home. You complain about everything. You know, the house can never be right. The house can never be clean enough. The food can never be hot enough, right? You know, it's always, you know, the the dishes can never be clean enough. You know, it's it's always something. I'm going to tell you, you know, husbands, take a chill pill, as they say, right? Learn when to speak and when not. Some things are not worth speaking out of your mouth. Learn that lesson. Right? Learn it. There's sometimes, there's times you need to address things in your home, and there's times you really do need to address things in your home. But some things, it's okay. It's okay if, if the clothes got piled up for a day, and it didn't get washed, and now you're having a fit around the house. It's okay if your shirt didn't get ironed, like you like it, and all the creases weren't layered like you like it. It's okay. Get over it. It's all right. It's okay, you know, if you didn't get a chance to eat dinner right at five p.m. because, you know, whatever dinner got, got, you know, came in late. It's all right. You still ate, though, right? It's all right. Let let some things you need to let go. So I'm telling you, your, your your wife and the whole household is just like, they're on edge, walking around, pins and needles, waiting for you to blow up by any little thing. See, I'm telling you, it should be pleasant in your home. I mean, others can be able to sense. It. You know how we put on our, 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 you know, our sweet, you know, tone. We, we have visitors come by, or we have family come by, or whatever. You know, you know, people, people from the church come by. Oh, it's all lovey dovey, and you know, we start holding hands, we kissing each other, and all. That. Soon they Like, let go of my hand. I know you ain't touching me. You'd be glad passing them left. <laughs> now we gonna get back at it, right? This is, we won't even do that. We will not talk sweet to one another. I ain't seen you all day. But it should be some pleasantry in your home. Again, that's pleasing. It should be pleasant. All right, let me get to this. I'm gonna get back to this word of God. I understand. First Peter chapter three. Again, this is all deal with finance because you understand. I'm gonna tell you this is if you if you understand how finances play into these attitudes, then you'll figure out. Oh, I need to make some changes. Because you think it's all about how she spends the money or how he doesn't spend the money, how he doesn't do this, how he doesn't do that. No, it's all around the attitudes. And then the money just exposed the problems that are already there. In other words, words, you get to a place where, it's funny, when you have money or money's flowing in you have some things, it's amazing how everything is so good. You don't even see the issues. The issues are always there. But when the money's good, you know, like payday, the happiest day in the house is when, when folks get paid. Let, don't let it fall on a Friday. Everybody, everybody happens Friday until the weekend, but come Monday, we're right back to where we used to be. At. The issues are always there. But then when the money's low, then, then it's like, oh, now we're exposed to, oh, this is the issues we have, that we have yet to deal with in our, in our marriage. There's no pleasing. There's no caring. We forgot all about the vows. Sometimes we forgot all about we are Christians. Alright, we'll see this in a minute. Alright, 1 Peter chapter 3. Starting at verse number 1. It says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Now, that scripture is amazing me. It says that even if you know, if they you know, just say for instance, they're they're not obeying the word. You know, your husbands are they just not obeying the word. You know, husbands they can miss it sometimes. Uh, and again, we're talking about, I'm talking about their husband is still they're a believer, but this is not obeying the word. But so what is a wife responsible? My husband, he missed God. It's for you to have an attitude of winning him by your conversation. And what do you mean by conversation? Your behavior. Your behavior should win your husband over. I mean, this is so me. In other words, and I'm going to tell you, I I know there's times in my life, plenty of times where I have missed God in my home. But when I miss God in my home, the last person I want to hear from my wife tell me how I miss God. Well, you sure miss God on that one. That was stupid. That was a dumb decision. You need to go pray again. You're praying all the time. You... What is God saying to you? See, that, that, you're not winning me over with that conversation. But your behavior shouldn't change. And I'm going to tell you, you know, your wife, hey, it's not like your wife when she says things to you, husbands. It cuts deep, it cuts to the core. I'm tell you, that's how you know that, that's, that's one way you can know the difference between your wife and your, and your mother. Your mother been been saying stuff to you for years, you still ain't done it. But your wife can say it one time and it will cut, you'll, you'll remember that for the next hundred years that you're living. It cuts deep what she says. Let your wife call you lazy. You're going to spend all your days showing I'm not lazy. And remind her, remember you said I was lazy. Look, you know, that's what I'm saying, that robbery shows up. But your mother been saying you're lazy. It's like, I don't care. I'll leave them clothes on the floor. I ain't pick. I ain't clean them up. You know, it didn't even matter when your mother said that. You lazy thing. Oh, yeah, mom, I'm lazy. Let your wife say it to you, though. You're going to prove her wrong. It's like a challenge went out. But that's not how we should act. Right? In other words, so a wife, a conversation without the word, be won by the conversations of, of the wife. So that means when your husband misses it, your behavior should be that of godliness. You're trying to win your husband. What do you mean win him? Please him. So that means if your husband, hey, if you have the responsibility in the house to, to cook dinner and your husband missed God, he should still get his dinner cooked. Nice and hot. You know, your behavior shouldn't change. So that's how you win them over. You know what? Your husband should see the compassion, the care that you have, even when he missed it. Cause think about how God does us when we miss it. God doesn't throw us away when we miss it. God's trying to restore us. See, we're still talking about restoration as well, right? This should be restoration taking place in the marriage between a husband and a wife. I'm not here to condemn my wife, or you shouldn't be wives. You shouldn't be there to condemn your husband when they missed it. You should be there to restore him. And your conversation, conversation again, means your behavior, your conduct will help restore him. It's nothing like it. But I'm gonna tell you that means you got to stop nagging your husband, right? Being contentious. What are they talking about? Nagging like on a, uh, drops on a, on a tin roof, right? You just nag, 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 nag. And you know what nagging is, right? That's why I'm telling you something. I, I thank God my wife does not nag me. I'm saying, that's something, I, that's something for me, I, I don't know if I can handle that. You gotta, you gotta pray for me on that one. Cause I remember, I mean, you, if you nag everything, you're just nagging. I'm going tell you, if that brother, don't, if he's not going to do it, then he's not going to do it. You nagging him, is not going to change him from doing it. You know what I mean by nagging, right? Right? You need to do this. You need, everything is you need to. Right? You need to take care of those boys. Right? You need, to, you need to go get this. You need to go do this. You need to deal with that. You need to do better on your job. You need to make more money. Right, you need to go cut the grass. You need to rake the, you know, it's like everything is what I need to do. I got it. I understand I, that. I'm serious. That, this is, that's my peppy. I can't stand the nagging. But I'm gonna tell you these things. If you if you go back in time when you was dating that female, when you were courting that female, she nagged you then. And some people, I mean, this is again, it's all preference. For me, that's a deal breaker. But some people think, oh, that nagging showed that she. She likes me and it shows me the attention. I, I don't need the attention from the nagger. Please don't nag me about what I boast. I, I, you know, guess what? I'm a grown man. I know what I need to do. <laughs> I really do. I know what I need to do. And you tell me it over and over again. It's not going to make it me move me any anymore. Go faster. I mean, you nagging. You're not going to win your, your husband over that way. Why? Stop the nagging. Have a pleasant behavior. Again, when he miss it, If you told him about some things he needs to do and you see him not doing it, your behavior shouldn't change. Be consistent and constant. I'm going to say, then that will really bother him. Like I said, hey, if he, he both said cut the grass that Saturday or Saturday and he sat there and watched the games all Saturday and didn't cut the grass or nothing. Hey, that even make him the biggest meal and, and do it all up for him. Hot chicken, fries, whatever he liked. I'm like, wait a minute, I ain't do nothing today. And she cooked the best meal I ever had. And that brother he'll start like, Should I eat this? She's like, Oh, I cooked it all for you. And in his mind, like, I didn't do nothing today. I suddenly, it was a lazy bum today. And she cooked that, she cooked it. I'm saying that will affect brothers. I'm like, let me get up. Versus you say, Well, you didn't cut that grass today, so guess what? You better go find you something to eat. I bet you could pick something up. I don't care if it's a pandemic. You better Uber or whatever. Uber eats, call something in. But me and my children, we're going to get all that. That's just this contention in your home. Wow, we just don't want scripture. We can move on. These things, I'm going to tell you, these things are, I love how the Bible addresses all these issues when it comes to marriage. And see, again, this is the thing we're trying to tell you unmarried folks. All, all of your unmarried folks, when they think about marriage, is about sex. For the most part. They think, oh, I'm just going to get married because I want to have sex. I'm telling you, we go through this passage of scripture, they ain't talking about sex at all. (laughs) Then you get in marriage, you're like, oh, marriage is more than sex. Yeah. It's way more than the sex. And when these things are in place, trust me, the sex is going to be the last thing on your mind. Like, no, he ain't coming here talking about he wants some. Want some what? His broke tail. Lazy, so I, please, he ain't even baited. He not come he will that. <laughs> Likewise, you wives, be subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. That means your husband is going to behold you. That means he's going to watch you, he's going to see your chaste conversation. And with fear, is talking with reverence. So what is a chaste conversation? It's a conversation that's clean. A conversation that doesn't tear down. A conversation that's respectful. A conversation that doesn't have profanity in, in it. A conversation that's not talking to the husband like he's one of the children. That, that's a chase conversation that the husband's going to behold. That's how you're going to win him. When he's missed it. Think about how many chaste conversations you've had. Think about how many conversations that weren't chaste that you had. That weren't clean. That weren't respectful. That you use a little profanity. You talk to him like he's one of the children. He's not going to be won over like that. Again, these are instructions from Peter. And I like that because Peter, you know, he was a married man too, so he understands. Peter's speaking from experience here. He said, While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Women, be chased in your conversation. Ch- they, your, your, your husbands are listening to your conversations. How you address them. Be respectful in your speech. That means, again, when you can't get your way, going back to finances, when, when the financial decision has been made in the home where it doesn't go your way in your mind, because, you, again, you you have <clears throat> it should always go your way or whatever you think, that you think is right, but it doesn't go your way, your behavior shouldn't change. Keep your conversation chaste. Here's a good thing. Say, okay you wanted to go buy something but then your husband said no let's wait and I don't know what, I don't know why I don't know how wait turns into no I don't know when a husband says wait then the wife heard no I said wait is W-A-I-T not N-O but, but the wife heard no cause then she said you said no I said I, I didn't say no I said wait you know brother like say, boys get I said they voice getting high you know they boys getting high and everything I, 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 I just said wait and her voice get deeper. No, you said no. See, that's not Chase. You don't switch roles. That's why you're not won over. That's why your home is... Isn't, I'm take, At that time, nobody's pleased. Because she heard no and you said wait. But let our response... Again, we're talking about the response of the wife. We'll get the response of a husband in a minute. A few minutes, maybe a minute from, from next, next week, but we'll get there. But from right now we're dealing with the wives. Have a chaste conversation. Right? Your conversation should be that pleasant, respectful. no profanity. Uh, you know, don't use profanity. I'm gonna tell you, husband and wife, and that goes both ways. Don't cuss out your, your wife. Husband, don't cuss your wife. Why? please don't cuss your husband. Don't even cuss your husband even on your breath, right? Oh, he's just a blank fool don't don't let him fill out what the blank is. Don't cuss your... I mean, why are you going to cuss your, your husband? The one that both be pleasing you. The one that you said I do to. The one that you're in a covenant with and gave witness before God, now you cussing him. Well, you don't know what he did. So, what he did... Hey, whatever he did... Remember, it says here, you should be won by the conversation. Your behavior. But you're cussing him out you cussing him out because he got up and, and threw his, you know, drawers on the, on the ground and then he didn't pick them up before he, you know, before he left the house. And you walking around picking up the clothes. I, I'm sorry. I, he's so, I mean, you're just mad. Cussing him. And guess what? the children right there behind Yeah, daddy's so, he's so sorry and lazy. And, and the children saying the same thing about your, their father now. Hearing you cussing him out. Because he left his clothes on the floor. He didn't pick up behind himself. He got to bed without making it up. He didn't take the trash out today when the trash day came. You had to go out there and run the trash out. Cussing them. But I'm saying, this, you know, y'all Christian homes, right? Y'all believers, y'all, believe, y'all ain't, you ain't cussing nobody in your house. Please. That's why your children tell it all. You walk in and say, Where do you learn that language from? From y'all. From you all. From their home. From the parents. You know, this—I'll this tell you—this is amazing when you hear children start cussing. When the, you know they heard, you know how you know when the when the children heard things from the house because they know where to put it at. You know, they just ain't throwing out a cuss word. They know exactly where to put it because they heard how their mom and daddy put it right where it needs to go, right in context. I'm like, oh, that—that—that's learned behavior there. How did child know to say that cuss word with with that context? you Heard that before. Again, I, I'm on purpose of trying to take my time because these things are so important for you married people. Your language you're using in the house, how you respond to one another affects your marriage. Choose your words carefully. Have a chaste conversation. Verse 3, whose adorning let not be that outward adorning, a plaiting of hair. wearing of gold or a putting on of apparel but let it be the hidden man of the heart and that which is not corruptible even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of a great price so he said you should have that of the again we're still dealing with the wise hidden man of the heart right and in the sight of God you need to have a meek And quiet spirit. Meek means gentle and mild. Quiet means still and calm. And that means, wives, again, when your husband does things, right, especially things that you don't agree with, don't just go off on him. Again, you should be meek, be gentle, be mild. And then be quiet. Quiet means, quiet doesn't mean don't say nothing. But when you say something, be still and calm. I mean, you see some women, they say, so they get right in their brother's face. I'm like, now that's bold. She buck up on him. So I can't stand. I'm like, what is that? See, that, that's not quiet. Then you get up in his face. But be still. Be calm. Don't go off. Be gentle. Mild. And it said, which in the sight of God is of a great price. I mean, that means guess who else is watching you while you're acting a fool in your marriage? God is. In the sight of God. God is watching your behavior in your marriage. So what does that mean? What does it mean God is watching your behavior in your marriage? That means God, on the end of your day, is going to ask you about your marriage. God's like, you remember what you said I do? Because I was the witness when you said I do. Let me talk to you about what you did in your marriage. That means you've got to give an account for every deed you've done in this flesh. That's including the, the deeds you've done while you were married. To your spouse. I think some of y'all that help you with the fear of God. God's gonna ask you about how you responded to your no good husband in your mind. The no good husband that you said I do too. He's now your no good husband. God's gonna ask you about that. You gotta give an account. He'll ask you, about him. you have to give an account for that. So be meek, be gentle, be mild. Calm yourself down. So, I, I, mean, I mean, lady, I'm just trying to help you out, right? This is the thing, too. Do not talk about your husband to others. See, that's not meek and that's not mild. Stop. Hey, if your husband has missed it, you ain't got to broadcast that on Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and everything. You ain't got to broadcast that to everybody. He missed it. Stop talking about your husband to others. See, that's a foolish, unlearned woman. That's plucking down your house with your own hands. And here's the thing too. When I, when I say stop talking about your husband to others, I'm, I'm including your family. Stop telling your family about how what your husband did and not is not doing. Don't talk about your your husband to your your mom and your daddy, because you know what side they're gonna go on yours. Hey, that's your house. You know, my, I tell my son this. You now my son, my son, he's married and him and his wife. Hey. And when they, when they get together, I'm like, you know, between you and your wife, I can care less what y'all do. I'm saying, hey, whatever you got going on, bro, that's your marriage. I can care less. You know what I care about? My sweet little grandbabies. My little granddaughter, Hannah and Holly, that's what that. Hey, just give me kissy. That's what I care about. I'm, I'm, I'm purpose on them. So them, if you got anything, I'm not saying they got anything going on in marriage, but they do. I don't want to hear it. Don't even, don't even bring it over here. Because you know what I remember? I remember that was your choice. And I remind you, that was your choice, brother. I remind her, that was your choice. So guess what? Work it out. That's what it's called marriage. For my granddaughters, bring them here. Let me see them babies. And I'm going to tell you, parents, don't, don't let your children come tell you about you know, uh, the, you know, the, the, their, their wife or their husband right before you. Don't let your children come tell you those things about their spouse. Don't even entertain that. That's their marriage. They have to work it out. So that's not meek and quiet. And again, you ain't got to go to the scriptures. I'm like, no, back to the, I don't. Mm. Now again, we're not talking about things that are, are detrimental. You know, if there's abuse going on, then obviously. I mean, don't be silly. If there's something abusive going on, then yeah, we need to, those things you need to bubble up. You know, you need to say something if you're being abused. Right, in other words, if, if somebody's putting their hands on you, like hitting you, then that's, that needs to be addressed, but we are talking about the petty stuff that goes on, right? You know, like he he used the restroom and he didn't lift the toilet seat back up, or he he leave it back down, or how he got the toilet paper rolled inside out. And I, I never figured what's the right so, you know what's the right way to have the toilet paper needs to go. You need to roll on this side or I need to roll on the inside. You know, but some people swear down. They know this is the appropriate way, standard, that toilet paper needs to come off the rope. So I don't need to hear about that. I'm going to tell you, you know what you, hey, you sit here and say you didn't know what you married. You knew exactly what you married. That's what you wanted. You got exactly what you wanted. That was your decision. So once you've made it, those decisions, that's between you and your wife. You and your husband. So don't go there talking about your husband to your 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 parents. Or talk about your wife to your parents. That is not fruitful. See, that's not being meek and quiet. That's not good in the sight of God. See, learn these lessons. Because like I tell you, I'm gonna tell you something. Everything I need to know about your home, I'm gonna see them children. See, uh, my grandchildren show me everything was going on in the house, and you can you can tell them don't say nothing, don't tell Pop all that. Any about what they say is about their behavior. All I see is watch them with a the little doll and say you so stupid, you so dumb. Where'd she get that from? Why she talk to a doll and say they so stupid? I mean, again, yeah, put it in context. I'm like, oh okay, sit down and shut up. I'm like, oh okay, <laughs> you know it, everything gonna show in their behavior. Ain't gotta I gotta ask them nothing. They are gonna just tell it all. So realize these things. Recognize what you have in place. It's it's precious when it comes to marriage. And your conversations are so important. How you talk to one another. Wives. Again, we're dealing with wives. Again, wives can go off. We know wives. If you've been married, you know your wife can go off. But she should be meek and quiet. Verse 5. For after this manner, the old time, the holy women also... Who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being a subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham. You see that Sarah obeyed Abraham. It didn't say she obeyed the Lord. I mean, she did, but she obeyed Abraham. For women that say, I ain't obeying him, my husband. Oh, well, Sarah did. Obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with amazement. So you see, wives, you got work to do. That, that's marriage. Marriage is work. You know, Minister Martin talked about the thing about troubles in marriage. This, this is the troubles in marriage. It's not this outward thing or all this trouble. No, it's just work. It's, these are the natural things that happens in marriage. It's work. This is what you signed up for. And when it comes to financial situations, when it deals with this work, it exposes all the things that have already been there. Can you obey your husband when he says wait not know when he says wait he said okay and still go do the same thing you've been doing before does now, now he does now he a change and we didn't even talk about manipulation you know wives they can hey wives are classically manipulating their husbands you know like I always say hey, a wife a wife they know their husband you, you know your husband let me say something you know how to be sweet on them you, let me say something you, you want something from your husband you, hey you know what to do Stop playing that game. You know, you know what that man likes, and so you do things and manipulate him. That that's a whole different beast. Don't manipulate your husband to get your way, because he'll still say, "Wait, now you're mad." Again, I hope you get some understanding this morning. Again, we've just taken our time with this thing about financial responsibility in the marriage. We're dealing with your attitudes first. So when we get into the the details around the money you want to hear about, you can understand the real principles around these things. So I hope you were blessed this morning. And I conclude for our Family Life class, prepare yourself for our Sunday morning service. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website. Water Austin